0: Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I wonder what your immediate reaction to the readings was this morning. That Isaiah passage has had a glorious ring to it, hasn't it? Echoing around the church about what can happen. Eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the deers of the deaf unstopped. The lame shall leap like a deer. Waters shall break forth in the wilderness. Wonderful stuff. So immediate reaction, probably. A beautiful language. But maybe some people would say, it's pie in the sky. Perhaps some people originally heard that probably in Babylon, in exile, thought, yeah, it's all very well saying things like that, but what about it? It's just not happening at the moment, is it? Very different reactions are possible to the same thing. And then there's the story in James about the two people that come to church, one poor, one rich, very obviously so in each case. And the welcomers of that church say to one, oh, you look important, come on, take the best seat. And to the other, oh, you can sit on the floor down there. What's our reaction to that? Oh, because it's not like that in our church, is it? I suspect is what most of us immediately think. We wouldn't dream of it. But think again about how sometimes it's very easy to assume that we deserve a certain amount of recognition. Not nice to be not taken in notice of. Perhaps we might be thinking, well I've worked for what I have. The fact that I'm rich is a compliment to me. I mean, well, there's some recognition, surely. I expect to be offered the best place when I go somewhere somewhere my difference. Now, that's for that man down there. Well, he's obviously used to sitting on the floor. What the heck? That's how it is. Now, I'm not accusing any of you of being quite that bad. But in all of us, there's an element of that, I suspect. And then the gospel story about the woman from Sirefinishia. Perhaps we were by thinking, gosh, it sounds as though Jesus was being plain racist. Let the children be fed first. It's not fair to give to the dogs what belongs to them. How must that woman have felt being called a dog and told to wait while the children were in front of her? She knew she was in need. That was her only reaction to, to Jesus. Perhaps he can help. I need this. Or if we think about what, how the disciples might have reacted. We've been following Jesus for quite a while now. Everyone else seems to come in front of us. It's not fair. Yes, I know it's not fair is a, is a classic sort of thing you expect to hear from a primary school pupil. It actually happens from you lot as well not fair. He's come all the way out of our proper home out of Israel to this Gentile place called Tyre he seems to want to mix with those Gentiles who never bothered with the law never been like us responding to him why doesn't he just send her away or perhaps perhaps you might think of someone who thinks of themselves as a good Christian. I try really hard to do my duty to God, to do what Jesus said. I just wish everybody else was the same. The limits to who I can accept as belonging in the same place, it's their choice to ignore God after all. God is good, they say. Yes, it's true, but it's not fair if he's better to those who've ignored him all their lives. I hope some of you are feeling just a little bit uncomfortable if you recognise something of how you might feel some of the time. What's missing from all those reactions? I suggest they're all starting from the question, what's in it for me? all of them assume a certain entitlement to God's gifts, God's favour. We try to be good Christians. The first question I find myself asking from those three readings this morning, what do I really think I'm entitled to from God? The truth, I think, is that my reading of the Bible tells me one thing. My deepest thoughts say something rather different. don't claim a right to God's gifts, but I'd like him to give me a bit more than other people. than you? Especially those who don't try as hard or those who have messed up their lives one way or another. Surely I'm entitled to a bit more, a bit of special treatment. I don't think that temptation is just that for the clergy. All of us attempts it, I think, to say we're good Christians, we're entitled to some consideration, to some recognition. Rather than realising that that there is no such thing as a good Christian, just a a forgiven one. What I reckon binds all these readings together is the grace of God. Grace. They're giving all kinds of things to people who don't deserve them. And let's be clear, that means you and me. So the proclamation of Isaiah promises all sorts of good things to the people of Israel. Not because they've been faithful and that they've stuck with the God who called them, Yahweh or Jehovah, from it is indeed the further reading of Isaiah will tell you. But because God chooses to give a people not to give to people not who have chosen him, but whom he has chosen. And James asks the people he's writing to, do you really believe in the in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ? In other words, do you believe in the grace of God, or do you think because you've come here, calling yourself a Christian, that you're entitled to the wealth you own, entitled to look down on someone else who has very little? I think that's a good question to ask of the rich, rich people like more or less every inhabitant of this country, like you and like me. Rather than rejoicing in our riches, in what we possess, we should be giving thanks for God's undeserved favour. I think Mark poses an even more uncomfortable question to you and me. You'd agree, I expect, that we want our church to grow. More people. Are we apt to think, well, but we can do better than attracting some Sowenician? Or perhaps I should say a Syrian and Afghani these days. Would it be prefer? To attract the sane? Or the respectable? Those we can be sure won't take advantage of us. What about the cannabis smoker? Or just the disrespectful youth? Surely, if we want our church to grow, we shouldn't be asking who we want to come to church. Ask instead who God wants to bless. As we read the Bible, we can be quite surprised by just those whom he does choose to bless. And so many others choose to condemn. God wants to bless those he wants to bless. Some of them through us. For the second half of that gospel, of course, that gospel reading, I want us to look, if we can, please, from the point of view of the deaf person. Can you imagine what it's like to be deaf? Well, don't worry about that. But can you imagine what it's like to be deaf to God's word? Because I think all of us are sometimes. We're told as Jesus went around, never home this time. They brought this man to Jesus. They begged Jesus to lay his hand on him. I wonder who the they were. I want you to ask the question, who the they are for you? Who you have praying for you? Bringing you to Jesus, back to Jesus. Are we prepared to allow someone else to pray for us? To bring us to Jesus? to beg him in the way that so often we don't dare to beg for ourselves. For Jesus to make us hear. Are we open to hearing from Jesus that word, ephatha, I'm told it's a brilliant word for lip readers. I confess I wouldn't know. are we prepared to let Jesus open our ears and find that when we can hear him, we will also want to speak as the deaf man did, loudly and at length. Because Jesus, then, as now, has done everything well. He even makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak.